Hello 49ers fans, it's 49ers fangirl Tracy here, joined as always by SoCali Steph. Hey Steph. Hi Tracy, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm good. I just took a break from Monday Night Football to record with you guys, so I'm excited about this week's guest. Me too. We have Matt Barrows from the Sacramento Bee, 49ers beat reporter, beat reporter extraordinaire. Uh, welcome Matt. Thank you for having me on. I'm also watching uh, Monday Night Football. Uh, yes, and it's so far looks like an interesting game. Carson Wentz looks really good. Which... Yeah, uh, he was uh, a guy who did a little bit of everything at North Dakota State. He can run the ball, throw the ball, and uh, he's doing just that with the Eagles uh, early in the season. He is, and that um, brings me, I think we can jump right in. It must be really nice when you see that your quarterback can do so many different things and do them well. Uh, that is that is something I personally have not experienced all that often recently. Uh, so let's, let's talk a little Niners. Let's start with yesterday's game against the Panthers. Matt, you were there. I was. So we'll start with you. What did you see out there? In case we missed something well, on TV. I, I saw, unfortunately, a lot of uh, what I saw in, uh, in week two of last year, um, which was, to me, the biggest shortcoming. I know Blaine Gabbard is taking a lot of lumps from this game, but for me, the biggest shortcoming was the defense, which uh, you know led up scads of yards again, uh, 529 to the Carolina Panthers, despite four turnovers by the Panthers. And, uh, you know, I was watching uh, Navarro Bowman a lot of the game and I'm always interested in, in, in seeing how he's doing and how he's come back from his knee injury. He had an offensive lineman uh, in his face for, for most of the game. I mean, uh, and, and that's the defensive line's job to make sure that the inside linebackers are, are free and clear and able to make plays. Uh, and Bowman certainly made a, a number of plays, but... Um, you know, when uh, the opponent loses its top running back, Jonathan Stewart, early in the game, and is still able to rush for, what was it, you know, 176 yards, mm -hmm. that tells me that the defensive line isn't uh, playing all that well. And, you know, I, I think that this is uh, a defensive line that eventually will play well. It's got talent, a lot of young talent, but I think it's probably going to be better at the end of the season than it is the beginning of the season. And uh, when you have a quality opponent like the Panthers, uh, they really took advantage and uh, were able to really run the ball against the 49ers. And then the number two problem, I thought, was the lack of a running game for the 49ers. Uh, too many, um, you know, uh, either short yardage runs or runs for no gain. And um, it's hard to set up the play action when you're doing that. And um, I just thought that uh, that was... Uh, uh, another thing that jumped out, I think they had something like 76 total rushing yards. Not even that, 64. Uh, so uh, not, not a good game from um, from either the, the, the 49ers rushing game or the, the defense's uh, ability to stop the run. Which could come into play um, on Sunday. But, Steph, before, before we move into this week, uh, what are your thoughts about what Matt said? Absolutely agree with Matt. You know, it was really interesting from week one when the 49ers, like, came out, and it was, like, almost like they had this smash-mouth running game, and it was non-existent this week. Carlos Kyde didn't move anywhere. 
Sean Drone didn't move anywhere, and they weren't able to generate any kind of running presence at all. And it was really kind of a, a one-dimensional offense at that point, which wasn't a very good look for Blaine Gabbert. So I think he took a lot of, you know, lumps, but there was nothing going on um, from that standpoint. So, you know, it was disappointing to say the least. And I did, you know, uh, you know there wasn't – Blaine Gabbert made mistakes. I mean – they're just that he made a lot of misthrows, and then sometimes there were just miscatches. Um, some were thrown to Mexico, and I can't explain them at all. <laughs> but I think that for the most part, it was just really not that great. I also was very disappointed as it continued to be with the wide receiver presence. I mean, besides Torrey Smith, there's just not anyone out there that can that's a playmaker that can go up and make plays that need to happen on this team. And it's just disappointing, and I'm not sure it's going to get any better. I don't know that it is, and I think, unfortunately, yesterday was a much better indicator of what this team is capable of than week one, obviously, against the Rams. The Panthers are not the Rams. And so I think we got a big dose of reality yesterday, which we were probably expecting. Um, but there's still a lot of work to be done on this team, and it's not going to get any easier um, because they're off to Seattle, which is a place that historically the 49ers don't tend to play particularly well. Um, they're battling some injuries on this team, but on the Seattle team, but it's still Seattle. So um, I'm a little concerned, and I think that defensive line is going to have to shore up but quick. But, Matt, I think you're right. I think it's going to be till the end of the season for us to really see massive improvement there. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, it's uh, the, the beginning of the season is starting out a lot like last year. And uh, you had that uh, rousing win over the Vikings last year and then a, a blowout loss to the Steelers. And then in week three they went to Arizona and also got blown out. So th- this game really, to me, is is the real litmus test. I mean, um, you know, the, the cards were really stacked against the 49ers uh, this, this past week going to Carolina on a short week with a very good Panthers team having uh, a, a extra preparation for the game. Um, this game against Seattle coming up is, uh, is going to be very telling. I mean, what, uh, how are the 49ers going to react? Is it going to be another blowout loss like they had last year to Arizona? Uh, I, I think it's going to be more competitive, and, you know, the question is whether... Uh, they can eke out a win. I don't think it's going to be a blowout for for either team. The Seahawks certainly aren't firing on all cylinders right now. Um, The question is whether the 49ers can go up with a young team and uh, with a guy, Blaine Gabbard, who no one is quite sure about. You know, again, I thought he played okay. Uh, That's his... uh, that's the only superlative I'll, I'll give him in the in the Carolina game, but not as bad as everybody seems to think he did. Um, this is a, a real test for him, uh, you know, in, in a very hostile situation against what's still a very good defense with the Seahawks. But I think there will be an opportunity to win this game. Um, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this 49ers team bounces back from this loss. Well, they're going up against, they have a, there's a weak offensive line, an injured Russell Wilson. He's still Russell Wilson, but a Russell Wilson who's definitely, as you said, Matt, not firing out all cylinders. So I think you're right. I think they're 10-point underdogs at the moment, but I don't think they're out of this game, in my opinion. Steph, what are your thoughts? Well, I think that, you know, sure, anything can happen here, Um I do think the defense is the bright spot 
of the 49ers. And I think it was really weathered last game because there was only so much they could do because the offense just wasn't able to generate anything for the run game, give barely any time, just not enough at least time for Blake that Blank Gebert needs in the pocket. So that being said, the defense were continued to go back out. They go back out. And I just don't think that, you know, they can – last as long as that as that they were required to do you saw the first half where they hung you know pretty tough in there and they were doing all right and they were keeping up and that's really all you can ask from a defense but at some point you have to be able to put up points and that's not something that the offense was able to do I think the offensive line also showed some gaps um the combo blocks were not as promising as they were in week one. The running backs really didn't have any choice but to, you know, run outside. So it just, it was, um, it wasn't pretty. But I think that against the Seattle defense, there might be a little bit of a different look there. I mean, Carolina has a real tough um, offensive line. So I think, it, you know, we'll see what happens. But it's going to be telling on all grades. Uh, I would agree with that. Matt, did it feel like in the locker room yesterday, did they feel dejected or disheartened, or was there a feeling like it's week two, we're not going to overreact? Yeah, it was quite the opposite. I mean, um, you know, the, the sentiment was this is not like week two last year. Um, we did fight back, and that, uh, you know, there there is hope, and that they were – uh, they, certainly, no one was happy with a loss, but they were they were they were more content with the fight, and that's why I think this this game in Seattle will be closer than maybe the the experts are are expecting because there is a little bit more fight in the 49ers this year. Um, there's more talent. It's just young talent. That's that's the the question. Uh, how quickly can this team learn? I mean, they're relying. Look who's playing the most snaps in the defensive line. These first two games, it's DeForest Buckner. Um, yeah, yes, he's a first-round pick, but he's still he's still young. He's still he's still learning how to play in the NFL, and they're leaning heavily on him early because Eric Armstead is still coming back from a shoulder injury. Glenn Dorsey is still coming back from a knee injury that he suffered in Seattle, of all places. So it's going to be a sort of a return to the scene of the crime for him. But my point being that um, you know there's some young players. In new spots, Jimmy Ward is playing cornerback. Um, you know, Gerald Hodges and, and uh, Ray Ray Armstrong are basically going through their first season um, at inside linebacker next to Navarro Bowman, and so on and so forth. So it's um, you know it's going to take a while for this team to gel, for for this team to really take advantage of all that individual talent on defense. Uh, and again, the question is how quickly that can happen. Um, and, um, you know, one reason for optimism is that they've got veteran talent in all the right places. They've got Navarro Bowman, um, you know, calling the plays uh, inside linebacker, and they've got Antoine Buffet and, and Eric Reed at safety. So um, if it, it is possible to, for lack of a better term, a, a quick maturity of this group, I think. Um, they've got all the right people in the right spots. The question is just how how uh, realistic that is, how quickly that can happen. Let's talk about Blaine Gabbert for a little bit. Um, I mean, we've talked about him, but but let's let's talk about him. I think has he looked great? No, Matt. I think you said it perfectly. He's looked okay. But 
he's not terrible. And everyone is calling for his head. How bad do you think it would have to be on Sunday for him to lose his starting job three weeks into the season? I think it would have to be very bad. I mean, blatantly bad. Um, I don't think that. I think that Chip Kelly wants to see Colin Kaepernick at some point this year. I don't think he wants to see him now. Um, and I'm not sure whether he's using this. You know, Colin Kaepernick is not at his full strength, full weight, as an excuse or not. Um, I, I think he legitimately wants to give Blaine Gabbard a long hook. A long, you know, Blake Gabbard's done everything right so far. He's been the rock uh, for this team. You know, began the off-season program as a starter, was was there throughout the off-season, the preseason, etc. Um, so I think he's he's willing to give him a long leash. Uh, so I think he'll have to be. I mean, I think it would have to be really terrible for Colin Kaepernick to start against Dallas in Week Four. Um, I, I just rewatched the game. I mean, uh, again, Blaine Gabbert, certainly not setting the league on fire, but um, let's go. You know, his two worst throws were the interceptions in the in the fourth quarter. The the throw that preceded the first interception, the one that was to um, Jeremy Curley, which was a terrible pass, should never been thrown. If uh, Luke Cookley doesn't make that interception, the, the cornerback does. But the play before that. A uh, beautiful pass to Vance McDonald that uh, McDonald could have broken for another really long touchdown, but McDonald just dropped it. Mm-hmm. And um, there were some other drops preceding the, the second interception to Torrey Smith. That doesn't that doesn't um, you know remove any blame from from Gabernick for making those passes. But but gee, um, you know if guys hang on to the ball, th- those throws aren't made. They're not in that circumstance. So he wasn't helped a lot at the end of the game by his uh, receiving core. And, and I thought, you know, in the first half, it was a, a solid to good game for Blaine Gabbert. He was pushing the ball. He was throwing the ball on third down to guys like um, Streeter, who's, who's only been here for like, you know, 15 days. Uh, so, the, you know, that takes, that takes guts. And that's the big criticism, the big critique of, of Blaine Gabbert is that he's too safe. He doesn't push the ball. He was doing that in the in the first half. He had a beautiful throw to uh, Torrey Smith for the touchdown. Um, if you go back and, and look at it, throw by throw, it's certainly not as bad as uh, as as what the, uh, the the clamor of the fan base uh, is thinking right now. And you brought up a good point, and and that goes to Steph's wide receiver point. A lot of drop passes, which has been a real problem no matter who's playing wide receiver for this team essentially since 2014. Because I believe in 2014, Crabtree and Bolden led the league in drop passes, um, which is unfortunate when you play for the same team. But we've seen wide receivers dropping passes for years now. And Steph, I want to let you talk a little about the wide receiver issue on the 49ers because it's, it's certainly not getting better. Yeah, it certainly isn't. I... Um... And I don't really see an end in sight. I, you know, everyone knew that I really wanted a, you know, big, tall, (laughs) wide receiver, you know, to be drafted. And it was shocking to me that the 49ers didn't, Uh, not even in, you know, the third or fourth rounds, like I would have thought that there were still some good ones available. And, you know, I thought, you know, I know the secondary also received like F's across the board from our defense. But when you see, like, a team, Carolina, 
you know, they, they haul up and, you know, prance around Kelvin Benjamin. And I don't even think Jimmy Ward did badly in his coverage. I thought he gave him a run for his money, but that he had to basically out-muscle him, and he did that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that Jimmy Ward didn't do a good job in that coverage. It was a rough day for a few of them, but I think that um, they went after their matches. They won off on them, but we don't have – the 49ers do not have anyone like that. You have to have somebody that's going to go up and fight for the ball, especially when you're facing, you know, elite secondaries. And it's just, it's just non-existent. We just don't have that. No. I agree. Uh, everything you just said, I agree uh, wholeheartedly with. Um, look at uh, look at the Panthers and and how they're they're comprised. I mean, they're a defense first team that likes to run the ball, just like the Forty ers They've been drafting late in the first round over the years, just like the 49ers, but they've managed to pick up Kelvin Benjamin, and I realize he was taken before the, the Niners picked that year, but uh, also Devin Funchess was another you know, big, strong, possession-type receiver. Point being that they have been using their, their draft capital on wide receivers, and it paid off uh, big time on Sunday, uh, whereas the 49ers haven't. And you saw the, the disparity, the gap, the wide receiver gap, if you will, between those two teams who are, who are built the same way. Um, you know, blue-collar, run-first, uh, you know, might-is-right teams, but still the Panthers are using some of that draft capital on, on wide receivers, and they're picking the right guys. The 49ers have failed miserably to do that over the last, you know, since A.J. Jenkins was taken in the first round. Oof. And uh, you, you, you get what you pay for. I mean, the 49ers, beyond Torrey Smith, you, you mentioned it, Steph, there, there's nobody, uh, there's, there's not a lot there. There's no there there. And uh, I think that uh, the 49ers are suffering for it. You've seen that in the last two games. And so that brings up kind of a two-pronged question. A, what do you think that is about? Is that a just refusal to accept what's needed on this team? Or B, is Trent Baalke a bad GM who really doesn't know how to evaluate talent? Oh, that's loaded. Well, listen. You can can take that one. You know what, guys? It's it's not just softball questions here at Talking Touchdowns, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Steph, you go ahead and start that. All right. I don't don't know. I, I... I like to pretend that I would be a really good GM, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I realize that that job cannot be easy. And I think that one of Trent Baalke's way about him is that he really tries to get what he feels is the best on the board at that time versus necessarily catering it to what the 49ers need. And I think that there's a delicate balance there. And I sort of think that, you know, he's going to do it his way, and, and that's okay. I mean, this is his that's his job. I mean, he's obviously, at the end of the day, going to pick players that he can defend. Um, and sometimes he can't. You know, it's all, it's all in your how it happens at the end of the season. I do think that he believes that this roster is loaded with talent, but who knows if that's actually, can they, can they bring that talent out? Can they make it 
where it actually, you know, shows something to bring it to fruition. Let's see a football game where they're not getting killed. I think there's a lot of talent on that team, but I'm not sure that they've necessarily picked the right places. I don't think that Trent, I'm sorry, I'm going to be brutally honest, but I'm always brutally honest, but I don't think he has a strong suit for picking a wide receiver yet. Um, I'm not sure why that he hasn't gone to the free agency with the loads of money that they've had and just nailed one, nailed one down. So that, that's something that, besides Torrey Smith, that they have adjacent to him. I mean, sure, we had Anquan Bolton, Bolden, but then that's all gone. And then since then, I mean, our number two is, you know, number 11, and I've just never been a fan of his. So, I mean, I think his spirit's great, and he seems like a real swell guy, but as far as catching the ball, it's, it's a challenge. Right, and although he's – I appreciate that he's a swell guy, but on Sundays, catching the ball is really important. And I don't think that Trent Baalke is a bad GM. Um, and I agree with you, there is a lot of talent on that team, but there there just may not be talent in the right places. Um, and well, that it needs to be it needs to be spread around. Um, you know, Trent Baalke has a blind spot for the skill positions. I mean that that's that's evident over the years. Um, and his his clear comfort zone is cornerback and safety. And uh, he's drafted a lot of guys at the at position. That's fine, but you end up drafting guys who then bump other guys that you've drafted either down the depth chart or or all, entirely off the roster. So you end up doubling up on areas where you're already strong. I mean, look at look at Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward may be the most talented guy on the defense. He may be the most talented guy on the team, uh, but he's probably best as a safety. They've, they've had to figure out a way to get him on the field, and they're playing him at cornerback, and he's, and he's doing a great job. And I think Steph's point about how Jimmy Ward was covering Kelvin Benjamin is well taken. He wasn't out of position on any of those plays. He was right there. Uh, it's just Benjamin just made, made excellent catches in, uh, in, in each of those uh, receptions. Um, he, he, but, you know, he, you're, you're, you're almost straining to get Jaquaski Tart on the field. You're straining to figure out a role for um, Jimmy Ward. Uh, Keith Reeser is in a re- reserve role. Um, you know, Kenneth Acker, Dante Johnson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They've drafted a lot of cornerbacks. Not all those guys can get on the field at the same time. You know, how about drafting a, a good wide receiver or you know a, a backup running back? That seems to be where this team is really lacking. I would agree with that, but I don't. I don't know that he will ever do that because I. I well, think Steph is right. Well, he also may never do that. Right, what did you say? I'm sorry. <laughs> then you're not going to have a good team. I mean, you right. have to. You have to draft in this day and age. If you can't draft a wide receiver, I, I just don't see how that. You know, how you can uh, have a successful team with that philosophy. And so yeah, you- and that was my point too. Like, even if he doesn't trust himself to draft it or see the talents there when it comes to the college draft, then buy one. You know, that's just how I feel with the 49ers is that they had no basically their free agency period was completely just 
blank. And the, and they had the most money, or one of the teams with the most money, and they did nothing with it, which was equally frustrating. So I just don't understand the philosophy there. I mean, if you're going to win games, then, you know, get the talent there. And if you don't trust yourself to draft well, then buy it. Buy a proven wide receiver. There were certainly enough out there that could have been picked up. So is he on? Yeah, you have to you have to uh, take a risk. You have to take a gamble. So is he on the hot seat? Because I I think he's on the hot seat. Absolutely. I mean, uh, there's a real easy way to figure out whether a GM is doing a good job or not, and that's the the team's final record. And this team's gone from eight and eight to five and eleven to unknown. I mean, if the 49ers do well this year, Trent Baalke deserves to to stay on for sure. If they do poorly this year, then he's absolutely on the on the hot seat, and Jed York needs to consider an alternative. Um, Matt, do you? Well, I think we all probably know the answer to this, but do you think there is already friction between Chip and Trent? No, I don't think so. I, I, uh, you know, if there was, let's just use quarterback for an example. If there was friction, then I think you would see issues with Colin Kaepernick, that, that he wouldn't even be in uniform on game days, or, or at least there'd be some you know, back and forth between that. I, I think that uh, Balky is allowing uh, uh, Chip Kelly to, to choose his 46, which he should, absolutely. But, um, you know, Blaine Gabbard, if he gets hurt on the, on the first play of the game, then it's Colin Kaepernick uh, playing for the rest of the contest and, and risking an injury himself. And that also risks fourteen point five million dollars next year. So that that's a that's a real um, issue. That's a real risk. So if 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 Jed York and, and Trent Baalke had a problem with that, then you know that would have manifested itself already. I mean that that risk already exists. So uh, I, I think that we're we're still definitely in, in honeymoon period, and that uh, you know Baalke, York, etc. are doing the right thing by allowing Kelly to be the guy that picks and chooses who's up, who's down on game day. That's, that's the way it's got to work, and, and that seems to be what's happening right now. And I'm encouraged about what you said uh, about the locker room yesterday, and there was there was fight in the team, and it wasn't dejected. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the coaches, because I'm sure that the players feel like they have the resources to get better and the personnel around them to help them get better. Um, and I'm assuming a lot of that is because of Chip. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, uh, the, the caveat to that is that the Eagles were, were saying the same thing early in 2000. Oh, Matt, come on. <laughs> What's that? I said, come on, Matt. <laughs> Just burst no, my but, bubble. You know, my point is that, you know, everybody was on board early on in Philadelphia, and then, then they weren't. I mean, at, at some point, if you, if you lose games, um, then uh, you're going to lose the locker room. So... Uh, it depends on how long these rough patches last and whether Chip Kelly and his coaching staff can, can get through them. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that happens to any team, any team that struggles. Which brings us back to the beginning of the pod, which was that um, Sunday's an important day. <laughs> Sunday's an important day for the 49ers. Even if they don't win, if they could be super competitive, I think that that's helpful. I mean, you know, there's no such thing as moral victories at the end of the season, but... <laughs> Um, I still think a competitive game in which they truly compete, I mean, not where they compete in the first half or the first quarter, but truly compete in the game, I think will be 
important to this team. Um, let's play a fun little game. Who wants to go first? What is your final score prediction on Sunday? Steph wants to go first. I could. I think <laughs> I she does. Always want me to go first. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Uh, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be closer than I expected. I don't think there's going to be a high-scoring game. Ugh. I'm going to pick 24-21, and I'm going to go with my team, the 49ers. Yeah, uh, I also think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be – this is the Seahawks, so it's going to be one of those ugly score games that you never see in football. Like one team that has a 15 or something like that. Uh, I'm going to go 16-13. Seahawks, um, and no moral victories, but uh, the 49ers haven't been close in Seattle since they won in 2011, so if it is 16-13, to 13, I, I think that that is a step in the right direction. That, that That's as strongly as I'll say it, but uh, not nearly as bad as the week three in Arizona last year. And I am going to go 20-17. to 17. San Francisco. <laughs> you guys are such homers. We are. Listen, you know what, Matt? We need you to balance us out because... You make me look bad. You're going to be, oh, Barrows, he's such a mean guy. Those, those two girls are awesome, but Barrows, he's terrible. <laughs> well, you know, we're the fans. We, you know. We're the fans. Hope springs eternal, Matt. Otherwise, it would be hard to watch every week. There you go. There you go. That's the spirit. That's the right spirit to have for sure. Um, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. This has been great. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it too. Um, well, maybe we can have you back uh, later in the season. We see how this all progresses. Yeah, I'll see how my photo turns out, and, and we'll go from there. <laughs> Fair. I think I think we have ourselves a deal. Fingers crossed, everybody. Um, also, shameless plug group. Um, we talked a lot about Jimmy Ward, and you will find on my Twitter, on my website, five fun facts about Jimmy Ward today in his own words. I did a little video of him, and it was actually highly entertaining and really fun, no pun intended. So Matt and Steph, you check it out. 49ers fans, you check it out. Um, you'll learn some very interesting things about young Jimmy Ward, for better or worse. I look forward to it. Yeah, again, I wasn't making it up when I said that I think that he may be the most talented guy on that team. Well, he has some I agree. very interesting I think facts. He, I'm, I'm definitely a fan. Sure. I th oh, I think Jimmy Ward is great, and I, um, I think he's just going to continue to improve and improve. Um, and you guys can learn more about him. Five fun facts. Um, all right, everybody, thank you for listening. <laughs> we will be back next week to talk about the Seattle game. Hopefully, no offense, Matt, Steph and I are right. Um, and well, I'll give you full credit if you are. All right, fantastic. I like it. And um, go Niners. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, and we will talk to you guys soon. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.